So I'm so excited to be with y'all. If you don't know me, hello, my name is Hannah Feinsod. I, <laughs> I lead the A middle school girls alongside my awesome co-leader, Haley. Couldn't do it without you, love. Um, and tonight, we are going to be talking a little bit about perfect timing, but we're going to throw it way back into Genesis. So if you have your Bible, would you grab it and go to Genesis chapter 6 with me? Can I see your Bibles? Yeah. Oh, I see some glowing ones. Maddie. Awesome. So we're going to be talking a little bit in Genesis chapter 6 about a man named Noah. And Noah wasn't just any kind of man. He was the man that God called to build the ark. We all heard the story. He built this huge ark. The flood came. He saved the animals. He carried them two by two. But what a lot of us don't know is that Noah had to wait a long time before the flood actually came. How many of you have been promised something in your life that has been like instantaneous? Like, I promise McKenna, if you do this, I'm going to take you to your favorite place. Or I'm going to take you here. I'm going to give you their favorite thing. Has anyone experienced that before? Yes, thank you for raising your hand. How many of you have experienced a promise that hasn't ever really been fulfilled? Or it's been like many months or many years. Maybe it still isn't fulfilled yet. Yeah, we all have some of those. And I, my family actually has one. So when I was in the fourth grade, my dad was recalled back into ministry as a youth minister. And we went to this little tiny town called Athens. And the second we stepped on foot, we went and we just knew we were supposed to be there. And so we were excited to see what God was going to do in Athens in our time there. So we dove right in. And seven full years of ministry later, the church's financial standing was kind of corrupt. And so my, they couldn't afford to pay a full-time youth minister. So my dad was let go. And a lot of hurt came from the church on our, my, or to my family. And so... We had to walk through a lot of stuff, but with walking through that, we didn't know if we were supposed to stay in Athens, if we were supposed to go, what we were going to do. Everything kind of was in pieces. So my dad applied for a bunch of different jobs in the state of Texas, and every time we went to apply or um, interview, we felt like, oh, this place is so cool. Like They love us. We love them. But that wasn't the place God was calling us to go. And so he eventually got a job. He is a wonderful teacher at our private school, teaches Bible. But it wasn't until several years later, I feel like, sorry, parents, if I'm wrong in this, they're watching online right now. And so I feel like now they finally know their calling in Athens, kind of reintroduced it to them. And they are serving at a wonderful church there. He, my dad has is a Bible teacher, and he works in the chapel at his private school that he works at. And we're finally no understanding our promises, but it took us several years of unknown before that actually came to be. And just like my family was called to Athens and had this promise, Noah's family was called to do something, but also had to wait. So let's look at Genesis chapter 6, and we are going to be reading verses 9 through 22, and it says... This is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, the only blameless person living on earth at the time, and he walked in close fellowship with God. Noah was the father of three sons, Shem, Ham, and Jebeth. Now God saw that the earth had, been, had become corrupt and was filled with violence. God observed all this corruption in the world, for everyone on earth was corrupt. 
So God said to Noah, I have decided to destroy all living creatures, for they have filled the earth with violence. Yes, I will wipe them out, all out along with the earth. Build a large boat from cypress wood and waterproof it with tar, inside and out. Then construct decks and stalls throughout the interior. Make the boat 450 feet long, 75 feet wide, and 45 feet high. Leave an 18-inch opening below the roof all the way around the boat. Put the door on the side and build three decks inside the boat, lower, middle, and upper. Look, I'm about to cover the earth with a flood that will destroy every living thing that breathes. Everything on earth will die, but I will confirm my covenant with you. So enter the boat, you and your wives and your sons and their wives. Bring a pair of every kind of animal, male and female, into the boat with you. Keep them alive during the flood. Pairs of every kind of bird and every kind of animal and every kind of small animal that scurries along on the ground will come to you to be kept alive. And be sure to take on board enough food for your family and for the animals. So Noah did everything exactly as God had commanded him to do. So we see that Noah was following the Lord so intimately that the Lord looked at him and said, you are the chosen one that I'm going to ask to do this. You're the only blameless and righteous man on earth. So you and your family built this ark. And let me tell you something. If I was Noah's sons, I would say, heck no. Why do you want me to build this boat? It's going to be huge. It's going to be stinky. There's going to be so many different animals on it. No. But Noah said yes and was faithful to God even in this crazy calling. But a lot of us don't know that Noah was 500 years old when he was first given this calling. But the flood didn't actually cover the earth until he was 600 years old. So for a hundred years, Noah faithfully served the Lord. His family did exactly like they were called to do. They built this ark. They took care of these things. And then they were anxiously waiting on something they had never seen before. A lot of people in this time in the Bible had not seen rain. They had not seen a flood. They had no idea what was coming. They just knew, okay, this flood's going to happen. It's going to destroy the earth. Here's a boat. We're going to make it. And so we see that Noah had to wait and wait and wait. But he was still faithful to God in that time, which is crazy to me because when I'm given a promise, if it's not instantaneous, I feel like it's not ever going to occur. I was promised to stay in Abilene after I graduated from Hardin-Simmons, but it took two months of constantly applying and applying for jobs to finally be offered one. But God had told me I was going to stay in Abilene. But here I was, jobless, in the middle of the summer, trying to figure out what I was going to do. And then one finally came along. So I had to wait two months while Noah had to wait 100 years for this horrible thing to occur, which just sounds astonishing to us. And so we see in a couple scriptures back that another character, Abraham, experienced the same thing, but a little different. He was super faithful to the Lord, and the Lord had called him to bring his people into the promised land of Israel. But Abraham wasn't the person to actually see that land. It was his grandson nearly 500 years later, Jacob, who saw that land. But both these characters share the same thing. They were faithful to God no matter what. They decided that, you know what, today I'm not seeing the promise. I didn't see the promise yesterday. I didn't see the promise the day after that. It's months down the road, but they continued to be faithful to what God was calling them to do and to lead these people and to build this boat. And so God is calling and putting callings on your life and promises on your life, but are you actually 
evaluating yourself and your walk with Christ to be able to see those things. And so I want to ask you three different questions tonight um, to get you thinking about, has God promised me things? Am I being faithful? How do I be faithful? What does that look like? So the first question I want to ask you is, will you trust the one who made the promise more than the lies of the enemy? And so we know that the enemy is gross and nasty and he's the worst, but he's still going to do everything that he can to lead you off the path of being faithful to God. God may put a calling on your life, but the enemy be, may be sitting next to you saying, that's not okay. You're not good enough. You're not equipped for that. How are you going to be the one to do this? Why did God choose you? You have all these mistakes. But you have to know and be confident in the Lord and who he is and what his voice sounds like to know the difference between what the enemy is trying to derail you from and what God is calling you into. And so the Lord gives you that authority to be able to say, no, Satan, I'm not going to listen to those lies. I'm not going to listen and um, be adapt to what you're saying. I'm going to stay faithful to God because in the end, being faithful to God is going to lead you to greater promises. And so will you trust the one who made the promises more than the lies of the enemy? So my second question to you is, are you willing to stay faithful in the waiting of these promises? This is one that gets me. So God promises us something, but there's a time lapse between when God says it and when it actually becomes a fruitful thing that we receive and so a lot of times we have one foot in what the earth is saying and one foot in what God's saying. And we want to be led in the way God's leading us to be and where he's leading us to go. But we are stuck in this unknown of it's not happening. It's not coming yet. We don't know when it's going to be here. Is it going to be tomorrow? Is it going to be next week? But at the end of the day, it's not ours to know. We just know to stay faithful to God. And God is not going to say, I promise that I'm going to make this covenant with you and you're going to do this. And then he's not going to just leave you blindsided. He's going to equip you with the tools that you need to be able to stay faithful when it seems like you can't. And a lot of you and myself even struggle with that. And staying faithful to God sometimes means putting your phone down for 15 minutes and spending time with God, keeping a devotional in your car, in your backpack. And when you're at school or you're at in a car, like whipping it out and reading it just for a second and bringing Jesus into that moment and meeting him right then and there. And when we do that and we continue to follow in that, we will see these promises continue to be unveiled to us. So are you willing to stay faithful in the waiting of these promises? My third question for you is, am I waiting on God to reveal his promises or is he waiting on me? And sometimes we have to evaluate the junk that we keep in our heart. We may be super prideful or um, need to lay things at his feet, but we're not willing to do that. And when we're not willing to do that, do you think God's going to just continue like, okay, I'm going to lead you into this place. I'm going to direct you into these paths. If you are not continually pouring everything you out to him, how is he going to be able to do that? So being able to evaluate in yourself and say, do I need to lay down my disobedience to you, God? Do I need to lay down my um, pridefulness or my humility? Being able to do that will lead into greater relationship with the Lord because you're saying, God, here is everything I have. Let me receive what you have for me because that's going to lead to greater promises than what this earth and this world around us is telling us to live in. And so... 
Am I willing and waiting? Am I waiting on God to reveal his promises? Or is he waiting on me? And the biggest thing to remember is those promises can be revealed to us, but our focus doesn't just turn to what those promises are. Our focus still stays locked in with Jesus because when we are locked in with Jesus, those things are going to be revealed. When we look at the fruit we're going to bear, what's What's going to get us there is our walk with Christ and our faithfulness in this. But when we're just locked in on that promise, we begin to feel prideful, like, I'm doing this. I'm walking to this thing. God told me, but here I am doing it on my own, and that's not how he's called us to live. He's called us to keep our eyes on him and to stay locked on him to be faithful. So we can ask God to reveal promises to us, but we also have to be willing to seek those things and to stay in line with him and to be with him every step of the way and stay faithful. So, so many of us are wondering about the perfect timing, but it's not ours to have. It is us being willing to stay faithful and intimate in the pursuit of the promises that God has for us. And I challenge you to seek after those things. Seek after what God's asking you to do and where he's leading you to be. Because when you are faithful to him, those promises are going to be unveiled, even if it takes months in waiting or years of waiting. We know and we see in Scripture time and time again that he is going to be faithful in that. So will you pray with me?